I, I, I think it's okay now. Okay. All right. Uh, my name is Smina, and I'm a developer advocate at Decentology. I've been working in the Web3 space for about a couple months now, started in August 2021. Uh, previously, I was mostly focused on front-end development, so I started um, coding from my university, I think it was around January 2018, um, and that was, that was kind of my focus. But yeah, I just recently pivoted, and I also pivoted roles, right? So I was just doing development and now I'm doing developer advocacy. So that's been kind of a change. Um, as far as like where I grew up, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, pretty much been here my whole life. Um, like elementary, middle, high school, even college. So uh, pretty much a hometown girl. I I don't know. Um, I guess hobby wise, I like to play video games, uh, read, draw, just like mostly introverted activities. But that's a little bit about me. Cool. Um, did you did you have any interest in um, coding or software while you were in high school? I actually didn't. I was really dead set on going into the healthcare industry. So my first two years of college, I was actually studying pre-pharmacy. Um, I had no idea I would be doing computer science at all. Um, so it was it was very dramatic, like a dramatic change in terms of like. I had never coded before. I was not a very technical person. Like I had used technology and, um, you know, playing video games and stuff. I know, like I would know my way around a computer, but, um, as far as like how software works, how hardware works, all these different things, it was really new. It was really different. Yeah. I was actually kind of the same way. I, I went to uh, Pitt university and I actually started in pre-med. Um, so I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, and then I kind of like just, fell into uh, computer science my the beginning of my junior year and just kind of like took off from there. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's around around where I pivoted to. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Interesting timeline. Yeah. Um, just curious, what made you pivot? Was there anything um, that you saw or a conversation that you had? I think it just like, oh, well, I, I knew a lot of people who worked in tech. Um, but like not not anyone in my immediate family or relatives, right? So um, I hung out with like people who were working in IT and people who were software developers. And they said that they might like, it might be something that I would be interested in. So uh, once, I, once I heard that, I was like, okay, I'll try it out. So um, I took an introductory course. It was like a CS 105. I had no intentions of switching at that time. I was just like, what is this about? What am, what am I doing? And then I started um and i really really ended up liking it i really liked like how creative you could be um and yeah, i feel like it kind of fell in with my personality too i'm mostly introverted and um i like to i like to do more like creative work so like with me pre-pharmacy it didn't allow me to do that it was more like book work and then you would be you'd have to really master one task and then you would be doing that task over and over right so yeah um, i think for for me, computer science unlocked a lot of doors in that way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I feel like uh, me and you share a lot of similar paths there. Um, well, cool. Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Um, so you were front-end developer, I, I believe you said, and then you kind of transitioned into uh, more of, like, the Web3 stuff. Um, so maybe explain a little more about that and why you transition and what you like about Web3 and what exactly is Web3? 
Yeah, absolutely. So around July, I had um, I saw an opportunity to take this uh, boot camp. It was a free three-week boot camp offered by um, Decentology. And around the same time, I was looking for like a new role as as a developer advocate. So um, the founder of Decentology had found my profile, and he was like, "I wonder if you would be interested in taking this boot camp." So I took the boot camp. The boot camp was focused on Cadence, which is a language on the Flow blockchain, and I really, really liked. Like it was kind of a struggle. It was it was very different um, from the work I normally do, but I really fell in love with the idea of Web three in general. Um, like just what it offers and how it's just a way, a different way of how we interact and work with the web. Um, I fell in love with that part. So eventually, I didn't pick up Cadence. Um, I'm actually like focused right now, like on Solidity, which is another blockchain language. But because of that opportunity, I, I kind of fell in love, and then. Um, thanks to that, I was able to get a developer advocacy role at Decentology, and then ever since that, I've just been learning about blockchain and trying to teach what I'm learning through my uh, social media accounts and everything. That's that's awesome. Did you have much of a social media presence before you uh, dove into the uh, advocate role? I did actually. Yeah, I think that's what helped um, helped me be a better candidate for it. Um, I actually have been creating content since October of 2020. So I started with the Instagram where I would create like little uh, little cheat sheets with like front end, um, like front end snippets like JavaScript or CSS, and then um, eventually like VS Code shortcuts, things like that. So it was more general. Um, and then eventually I picked up blogging. I think that same year around December 2020, and these were also a little bit more general. It was more like career advice. Um, an occasional post on or tutorial how to do things. I think what really sped up my growth was was like really focusing on Twitter, um, and that's where I've probably had the most success. I don't know. I'm not. I I'm not too sure why. I think it's just easier to create content for Twitter, um, and also you don't get like roughed out by the algorithm. So um, with Twitter, I was able to grow a lot, and I was able to network, uh, which really really helps. I think a lot of people knew me through Twitter, um, and I think. I was just really passionate about creating content and helping like newer devs get into the space. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I guess that kind of summarizes my content creation journey up Web3. And then like Web3, uh, getting the role as a developer advocate, I had to start focusing and be a little more niche with what I post. Um, and I think that that also really helped. Um, and now I'm, I'm kind of known for Web only Web3 now, so. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Did you have anything that kind of went viral where you first started um, really blowing up in the Twitter world? Uh, honestly, shit posts. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, like a lot of, uh, of uh, bad tweets about JavaScript or like I, would, I, would, I have a very sarcastic sense of humor that sometimes people pick up on, sometimes people don't. Um, but I think that's honestly like where um, where I've had the most growth. I think Recently, though, um, I would say like I've been posting more content around Web three, like blog posts and little short videos and things like that. And I think those are those are what's um, or what my page is like evolving into. Nice, that's awesome. Um, what? So you're in pretty deep in the Web three game. It seems like what what has been the most interesting thing that you picked up on or that you learned or maybe that you see in the near future coming out of Web3? 
Yeah, so um, I'm actually really interested in decentralized finance um, and DAOs. So decentralized finance is basically uh, doing, um, it's kind of like a movement where you're going towards a global and accessible form of cryptocurrency or currency, right? So um, mostly known as cryptocurrency, right? Um, I think decentralized finance is the most interesting part for me uh, in that aspect because it offers a lot to people globally. I know like some people are not really into it or they're skeptical of it, but I think for people around the globe, like especially in countries where there's high inflation, um, you know, sometimes people don't have access to banking. Actually 1.7 billion people globally don't have access to banking or traditional finance services. And I think that's, um, you know, if we're trying to go towards a more equitable future, you know, this is one avenue, this is one way to help more people. Um, also DAOs is the other thing. So decentralized autonomous organizations. And to me, it's just like a little bit of a, like more of a democratic company um, where uh, you, like everybody who's in the DAO kind of has a say on how the operation and the structure and everything is run. Um, so you have a little bit more autonomy. And I think overall it kind of um, decreases some of the friction that we'll see in traditional structures. Those are probably the most interesting for me. I know a lot of people are really into the NFT art market. Um, I haven't dive, dove into that too much, but I really like seeing what it does for artists. Um, as far as like upcoming trends, I think 2022 is definitely going to be the year where a lot of people are going to explore Web3. I don't know how many people are going to get careers and stuff like that. I don't know what that linear growth is going to look like, but I think definitely um, as far as content, as far as like awareness, I think we'll be seeing a lot of headlines. We'll, we'll be seeing a lot of people um, interested. Yeah, yeah, that's all really interesting. Um, going back to your point about, um, you know, not everyone having access to the banking system, what do you think that would look like for, you know, cryptocurrency kind of, I don't want to say taking over, but being more accessible? How do you see that um, fitting in? And how do you see that like operating in the world where, you know, the person today who doesn't have a bank account, um, how do you see them having access to, you know, the, the crypto world? Right. So with cryptocurrency, the interesting is, is you don't need to have like some sort of reestablished credibility. You don't need to have a house. You don't need to like own this, own that. You basically set up a, um, you set up your private key, you set up your public key, your wallet, all, all of those like very basic things that don't require like much information from you. And you're, you are able to join a system where you can get loans, you can um, invest, right? You can stake, you can you're able to um, have access to these services that some people like some people may not have had before. You know, I'm especially thinking about like um, countries like Afghanistan, which is where I'm from, um, where people mostly don't have access to banking, right? Um, so being able to take loans, being able to invest, all of these things help uh, promote equity, right? Um, not having access to those services is like a very like it's like a hindrance to most people, right? I don't. Yeah. I think we take uh, banking for granted, like the, the structures and the offers that banking has. I think we tend to take it for granted, and a lot of people don't have that. Um, so I can see economies flourishing uh, thanks to that. I can see, you know, places where um, there's high inflation. Uh, Web three is is trying. I mean, it's kind of like in an experimental state, in my opinion, um, but it's trying to solve that issue of like 
you know, when we have uh, the scarcity, this true scarcity, right? Like where, um, uh, you know, you're not printing money, the right. people control it, right? It's not like the feds or yep. some uh, central government, right? Um, what does that do for people? So I, I guess we have yet to see, um, but I think it's going to change a lot of the ways um, people interact with each other and how like money moves across the globe. Yeah. Um, so would you basically just need a phone or a computer or do you see there being like some form of entity to where, you know, you would go to similar to a bank where you set up, you know, your crypto wallet and maybe get a loan? Um, or do you just do it, you know, individually on your own device or whatever it may be? Yeah, you can absolutely do it individually. So uh, one of the most popular services is MetaMask, where you can go in and set up your own uh, private public key. I mean, honestly, it takes like less than five minutes to do. Um, so that's one way of doing it. Uh, as far as like institutions, maybe like having like a building, I can potentially see that happening because it, the transition to crypto for like your mainstream user could be a little bit more daunting. One, one of the big differences is um, with traditional finance, right? Like you, the people who are um, moving around your money have access to it, they're able to back that up and stuff. But when you're when you're talking about cryptocurrency, you're fully responsible for holding that money, for keeping it secure, right? Um, you have to be responsible and not lose your private key. Um, and this is a big dramatic change for a lot of people, you know, you're being sure to take that first step. It's totally normal. I think everybody who has been a content creator um, has experienced that. And honestly, in the beginning, everything you create might be just fully cringe, right? Like it just might be bad. It might be terrible, but you have to get through that bad draft, that rough iteration until you can finally start creating good content. Like you're not going to create good content off the get-go. Like you really will not. Maybe very few people will do that. But um, I guess just acknowledging that it's normal, it's part of the process and getting past that um, will just provide dividends back to you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's kind of uh, like a mental muscle and kind of building that out of when you, you know, once you get your first post out there, kind of gets easier along the way. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Cool. Um, so you mentioned that you're um, living in Mexico now. Um, kind of, you know, what, what kind of hobbies do you, uh, are you interested in outside of Web3 and technology? Um, you know, tell us more about yourself and kind of what do you like to do? Yeah, I am honestly, uh, ever since COVID, I think I've become kind of a homebody. So I mostly uh, play video games. I watch a lot of, I binge a lot of like Korean dramas. That's one of my guilty pleasures. Also Marvel. Um, if I go outside, what I'm usually doing is I'll go on a walk. Um, we have a lot of like foothills and little hiking areas. So um, that's an activity I've seen most of us do here. Um, otherwise, I'm either inside reading or hanging out with my cat, um, just mostly hanging around. <laughs> I guess yeah. nothing too super special. Yeah, COVID kind of taught us to um, be able to kind of entertain ourselves while we're stuck inside. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Um, so maybe go more in depth of the company that you're working uh, with now and what you do for them and kind of what is your company mission and stuff like that? What are you working towards? 
Yeah, absolutely. So for Decentology, uh, we are working on helping onboard the next 10 million Web2 developers into Web3. Right now, one of the biggest problems that we see in Web3 is there's not enough builders uh, and it's, it can be hard to build, right? Um, so we're trying to make that process a lot easier. Um, one of the big fundamental components of Web3 is this concept of smart contract. And this is what you're coding um, and creating with your like decentralized application, right? This is how our how our applications may potentially look like in the future of Web3. So you have your normal front end, right? You have your CSS, HTML, JavaScript, React, uh, Svelte, whatever it is. Um, but your back end is going to be that smart contract or smart module. Um, we want to make it really easy for um, people who are familiar and comfortable with like front end to come into the Web3 space and then just be able to pick and pull these different smart modules and build their application. Like they don't need to um, all of a sudden drop everything and learn Solidity. We want to have that tooling so it's really easy for them to be able to build their applications or whatever they want to work on. Um, that's mostly what we're working on. We're calling it the Hyperverse. Um, it has several several components to it, um, like monetization, auditing. So like if you are somebody who creates a smart module or smart contract, you can get rewarded every time your smart contract is used. If you are someone who loves the security side or like um, kind of like QA uh, analyzing or auditing, um, you can also get rewarded in that aspect. So um, there, it's kind of like like a flywheel of of user who can use the smart module. There's somebody who builds the smart module. There's somebody who audits the smart module. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's kind of a a good summary that I can put. Uh, if you have any questions about that about it, I could definitely go into detail. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of tech jargon in the Web3 world. Um, and yeah, that's why, like we said before, I think education is uh, one of the biggest things going forward for Web3 and just getting everyone caught up to speed. Right. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of dev advocates come into the space um, and a lot more content. Uh, so everybody's kind of curating their own content. Now there's I think we went from like having no content to now there's a lot of content and now how do we curate that content and make these more certified? Um, so I think, yeah, I think that education problem is definitely going to be solved over time. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see even if uh, college courses start offering, you know, different lectures and stuff on crypto, DeFi or um, anything in Web3 as well. Yeah, there's very few. I know at my university, uh, we had introductory introduction to cryptocurrency, but nothing past that. Um, there's some bigger colleges that actually have like clubs and student orgs that are focused on it. One good example is UC Berkeley. Um, they have a really great curriculum and really huge student group that is really into blockchain. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome to see um, all these different universities and uh, places of education to start picking this stuff up. Um, cool. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, you definitely shared a lot and brought a lot of value. Um, so I appreciate your time today. Thank you. It was really exciting to be here. Yep. Thank you so much, Samina. Thank you. Bye.